You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome, 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 folks. I'm Jamie Migdahl, and this is Pets Mean Business. And I'm so happy to have you here today for episode number three. We've been having a really great time talking with incredible guests in the pet industry and looking at opportunities and adventures and passion and seeing how all of those things come together and and just really having some great discussions around how people find themselves in this industry. I myself have been in the industry for 20 years, and I, I say this every time, but it's true, and I'm going to say it again, that for all of these 20 plus actually years that I've been in the industry, not one single day has ever gone by where I haven't felt inspired by someone's brilliant product idea or someone's innovation or someone's just absolute passion and how they're approaching an animal welfare issue. And so I, being on the inside, get to see all of these people and hear about all of these dialogues and, you know, get to really get to really understand how things happen. But I think that you know, what the general public isn't aware of or people who are looking to be a part of this industry, what they're not aware of, who are these totally incredible individuals that are building and growing and working in this $60 billion pet industry? Who are these folks? So if you're sitting there right now thinking, I want to work with pets, I might want to be an entrepreneur. I don't know, how do I do that? When's going to be the right time or the right place? How do I do that? Well, that's what this is all about. If you are really considering trying to incorporate pets into your professional life, then there is something for you here. And my guests and I are happy to just be a part of that, even in the smallest way. You can always reach out to me at jamie at petliferadio.com or visit my website, jamiemigdal.com. If you have any questions, if you have anything that you need to get yourself to the place where you want to try this out, or you're already there and you have some questions about what the next steps are, this is a resource for you. That's our entire, our entire focus and our entire mission is to be a resource for people who have an interest in working with pets. Again, whether it's volunteer or for-profit, that's why we're here. And so, to that point, I've amassed an incredible guest list roster of these people who are just totally amazing and inspiring. And today is no different. Uh, today, we're joined by a wonderful social entrepreneur. His name is Dustin McAdams. He is the CEO and founder of an incredible product, which I am actually a customer of, full disclosure, Pup Joy. So, let me talk a little bit. I'm going to do a quick bio of Dustin so you all know who he is and you can start to get some understanding of why he's on our show today and also to get a sense of where he may be helpful to you if you're looking to have some questions answered about getting into the pet space. So Dustin worked for years as an executive with top agencies and after some period of time he decided to do something different and something that really mattered to him. Sadly he watched his sister's battle with breast cancer and witnessed really firsthand what her dog, what kind of effect and what kind of impact her dog made in her thankful recovery. And that really became the catalyst for him to build his company, Pop Joy. And Pop Joy was truly born uh, for, for Dustin from the desire to give dog parents a convenient and better way to treat their dogs and to build a model. And this is the great part, to build a model for doing better business and helping folks in need. As for Dustin, I've met with Dustin personally um, outside of this, outside of our radio program. And I, I'm very impressed with him. I was very taken with him. And I, I think part of the thing that is interesting is that he's got a real extensive business background. He has his MBA from Bradley University, and he's had multiple C-level and other executive roles for top companies, working in marketing technology and working with a lot of the world's biggest brands. And so he has all of that experience, and he's using that to create 
well, to create joy for dogs and dog lovers and doing it in an innovative and a sustainable and socially conscious way. His bio site, if you want to learn more about Dustin, because he is a really compelling character and I think he's going to be a big mover and shaker in the industry, both in uh, marketing technology and pet space. His, his bio is DustinMcAdams.com, just like it sounds. And of course, his company is PupJoy. And so you can visit his website at PupJoy.com. Facebook, My Pup Joy, Twitter, My Pup Joy, Instagram, Pup Joy, Pinterest, My Pup Joy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can do some Googling and find all of his good stuff. So if you're listening right now and you're on your computer, please spend some time as you're hearing Dustin's words and thoughts and look at how he translates that on his beautiful website. Dustin, hi. <laughs> you can say some hi. words now. <laughs> hi, Dustin. Thank you for the wonderful women. Oh, it's totally genuine and authentic, and I think that you're great. And um, I hope that whoever is listening, I, ho- I hope that those of you listening really do, um, I hope that they're on your site right now and they're spending some time looking at how you have spent incredible thought. You've given an incredible thought to the UIUX experience. Can you talk about that for a minute? When you first designed the site, when you think about your site, is the UIUX, and can you talk about what UIUX is real quick so people know what we're talking about Will you describe that? Yeah, so by definition, UI is the interface that somebody engages with. And really, UX is, is a reference to the experience that someone has. And typically, typically that's uh, the experience that someone has on a web page. So we actually did spend, we spent a lot of time and energy around trying to create a good experience through our website. You, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're a consumer products company. We need to make things visually compelling for people. And most importantly, we need to make the process of understanding who we are, what we stand for, and what they buy an easy experience for them. The reason I even reached out to you in the first place is that I actually went on PopJoy just to check it out because you're a Chicago company, as I am as well. And I just wanted to kind of see what you were doing. And the minute I got on, I felt compelled to be a part of the experience. As a customer, I wanted I wanted to do it. I wanted to go through that process, and I wanted to engage with, with the product. Is that what you're hearing a lot? We do, we do, and thank you. So that's exactly the type of feedback that we hope to get from consumers. We're thankful that we have received very very good comments constantly uh, from customers on the experience we have on the site. So. Me, and especially me being a bit of a perfectionist at times, we always are looking to improve and tune things, but we, we're extremely happy with, with what we've built and the type of feedback we're getting from people. Okay, and we're going to get more into that after our break. We're going to take a quick sponsor break, and we'll be back with Dustin McAdams, CEO and founder of PupJoy. We'll be right back. Tired of wasting money on giant boxes of litter that don't work and don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter with concentrated power. So even a small bag lasts one cat 30 days. Outstanding odor control, quick clumping, lightweight. It's even flushable. World's Best Cat Litter. Everything else is just litter. Find it near you at www.itsnotjustlitter.com. That's www.itsnotjustlitter.com. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, we're back. This is Jamie Migdahl, and you are listening to Pets Mean Business with my esteemed guest today, Dustin McAdams. Apparently, I I sometimes uh, get so excited about who I'm talking to that I jump over the name, and I want to make sure everyone knows that it's Dustin McAdams, and that's the website. That's capital M-C, capital A-D-A-M-S, Dustin McAdams, and is that, uh, and then Pop Joy. Come on, everyone knows how to spell Pop Joy. Those are two awesome words put together to make one. So, we were just talking, Dustin, about your build and your, and, and also, I love that you said something, and I want to just go back to this, that you're happy with what you've done. We are. You're, you're happy. happy. You you have joy around this product that you've built. You're not beating yourself up. You're, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, as I'm sure you do as well, who, when you give them a compliment about their product or about their work, um, it's, yeah, but. I agree. And I, I, think, I think as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you always have to have a critical eye, and you have to be extremely open to varying perspectives and feedback. So we probably never will be down on trying to improve things, but we are very happy with, with what we built and the type of feedback that we've gotten from customers so far. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about you and your journey. Sure. And let's just, you know, the, I think the product, I want to spend some time too, as we're together for this half hour or so to talk about the product and have you point out some important aspects of it. And we'll get to that maybe in the second part of our, our time together. But what I really want to talk about, what I want people to hear about is you and how you, um, how you approach life and how you approach problems and how you kind of consider yourself in this world. So I always ask this question, or not always, but I think it's a great question. And someone once asked this of me, and I think it's just a really wonderful way to kind of think about and to have just a great reflection question, which is assuming that someone knows nothing about you and you're at a cocktail party, literally at a cocktail party. It had nothing to do with the pet industry, nothing to do with business. It's a fundraiser for a library. We'll just call it that. I don't know. Something totally random. And someone says, so what do you do? Tell me what your answer is. Great question. So I may say I'm a guy who makes dogs happy or possibly a guy who uh, would be happy with the bourbon rocks, depending on how fast the bar service is. <laughs> I, I generally describe myself, especially in a crowd like that one, where there's not context, as the founder of a startup for dogs. Because I think to dive any deeper into what we were before, letting somebody know that we're in the business of serving dogs and that we're a startup company tends to derail it. We are very much still a startup. And typically, uh, I reference that I've got a background, kind of a reformed uh, agency marketing tech guy, because a lot of times that is a question from somebody on what we did before. And then I typically give a brief description of the company, Pup Joy. And I describe it as a concierge service for dog parents, and that we curate you know, responsible, high-quality products from smaller artisan-type of manufacturers and provide customers with a couple convenient models for them, a subscription service and an online boutique store. And depending on who I'm talking to and what their frame of reference is, I may use analogies of other companies in our industry like Birchbox or Trunk Club, which have some parallels. Sure. Do you ever find, and again, I know this is audience dependent, but when you tell people that you're in the pet industry, do you anticipate it going in one of two ways, which is either A, I want to tell you all about my dog and have a big discussion about dogs and dog culture, or because you mentioned the word startup, which is a truly a buzzword these days, right? Especially tech startup, especially with shows like Silicon Valley on HBO. You know, there's the kind of a, there's a mystique around that. What do you think if you had to say percentage wise, when this kind of conversation does arrive, 
eyes, which direction is it more likely to go? Is it more in the, oh, dogs, I want to talk about dogs, or more like, hey, do you watch Silicon Valley? Where does it land? That's a good question. I'm not exactly sure what the the split is. I will say it depends uh, a lot on the audience I'm around. So I, I've, both from my professional background and my fiance kind of works in the space of marketing tech, a lot of times when I'm in social settings with that type of crowd, it immediately goes to the startup and what's involved and, and all the background behind it. Um, in some crowds, it instantly goes to, oh, you know, let me tell you about my dog and a lot of questions about the service. So I, I get a lot of both. The fun thing is with introducing myself and what we do, I get to find out about people's dogs all the time. So even being out in a social setting, it's great market research for me. Well, that's what, actually, that's a great point. So how much, let's talk a little bit about how you got to this concierge model and how you decided to do this instead of general retail. What was the impetus to this? How did you know that this was the route that you were going to travel, at least for your initial deliverable? Yeah, it's a long story. So I will try to give you the condensed version. Well, and also, um, when you're, wait, and Dustin, let me just say, when you're thinking about yeah. this story, and I get it because there's always a long story. I, as an entrepreneur, founder of multiple companies myself, there's always a long story. But if you think about, and this is a little challenging perhaps on the spot, but think about that your audience right now is someone, our audience is someone who doesn't have, let's just pretend that you're talking to people who literally have no idea where to start. You know, let's think of it coming from there because I do find like that you're such a fascinating guy with this incredible background and I know the story is large. So let's see if we can like pull a few things out that are going to be most helpful for someone who has no idea where to start. That's not too loaded. You can do that, right? That's not too loaded. <laughs> yeah, we'll treat this a little Tarantino style. Start at the end and then we can go back if you need That's to. what I'm talking um, about. Exactly. So the concept and the reason I got locked into Pup Joy, and I've explored a lot of business ideas, came from a few compelling reasons. One, I love dogs. I grew up with them. I've had a dog probably, I think, every day of my life. So it's a natural passion area for me. The second was, and you touched on this a little bit in the opener, my sister in her battle and treatment through breast cancer had a dog that was by her side every day. And it's all firsthand how extremely important her dog was. It was a caregiver, a support structure, and it became somewhat of a spark for the idea that took hold with us. We can come back and touch on that a little little more. The third was I saw a market gap. And I think that's very important for anybody anybody looking at starting up a business. You can love something and be passionate about it, but there needs to be a market there too. Okay, so let's um, talk wait, let's so, let's stop right there for a second. This is a great education moment for folks. A market for something. Let's just dive a little bit deeper into that and how that how that was so clear for you when you made the decision to enter this space. When you talk about there being a market, how did you know that there was a market for this? What were the tools that you used to identify the opportunity? So it started with as many ideas do, as as a consumer and a few people that I knew who were similar, and where I personally saw a challenge that could be filled. So I've for a long time been a consumer of doggy goodies. A handful of years ago, you you got a couple subscription models that came into the market, and I think they solved for some aspects of convenience really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a consumer of a couple of them. The problem I had was there was very little choice mm-hmm. uh, in the products you got. And I, like some other people I knew, ended up donating a portion of what would come in because I frankly couldn't use them. I've got one dog that has some, some food allergies, um, you know, has she's great with some types of toys and tears the heck out of other ones. So depending on what came in the subscription, it may or may not be a value for me given what I could use. What an aha moment for you. 
Like that's, yeah. and I just, by the way, got an aha moment with you about that. Like I, I get that now that you actually had that experience of using a product similar, right? A service similar, seeing what the gaps were with that particular product. And you actually are improving and innovating on something that was already in the marketplace. Correct. So there I'm are, I, you know, I think the subscription commerce model, it's more matured in a f- couple of other industry verticals, but it's been around in the pet industry for a couple of years. And there are a couple, there are a couple of companies that are doing more, I'll say, standardized offering that do it very well. Mm-hmm. And I think that works great for some consumers. And I admire a couple of companies that have done that well, learned a lot from them. I also felt and believe, which is validated now by what we're doing, that there is a market for consumers that that just doesn't work for. That there are some consumers who either have a desire to or have need to, based on their dog's needs, customize, tailor more of the product offering that they get for the convenience of a subscription model to also make financial sense for them. So, Dustin, we as we're talking about Pop Joy and about your foray into entrepreneurship in the pet space, obviously, I, I think your reasons and your your life journey before Pup Joy was created are really compelling and really heartfelt. And so, you know, here you are saying, all right, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to be an entrepreneur in this space and I'm going to create this thing for people. What you talk about um, determining market opportunity and determining, I mean, we can even talk about determining market size and all of those and looking at some of those metrics. But I think what would be really helpful for folks is to talk about, you know, you said something, let me go back a second. You actually said something. It's not enough to just be interested in something or something is, you think something is a good idea. The question that an entrepreneur needs to ask themselves is, do other people, will other people think this is a good idea? And more importantly, will they actually pay me for it? That's the name of the game, right? The name of our show is Pets Mean Business. And business means having a stable product or service that actually has a revenue uh, model behind it, which of course Popjoy does. So what did you do looking at this and looking at going into this, what were some of the more tactical things that you did? Maybe name a couple high-level things that you did to make sure that you were going to be able to make money with this product. Yeah, so we went through a few stages, and I'll try to kind of cover the logical stages that we went through pre-launch. So first was a bit of an epiphany that we touched on of just me and a couple close people and potentially a market gap that I thought was there. So the second thing we did was very informal. It was reach out to people who are dog owners who either used an existing subscription service or had not yet to just get some informal market feedback. So relatively small pool of people, say under 100 people that we talked to, just to try to gauge, do we think there's enough interest in there? The second thing we did was dive into some data. So we basically got our hands on any type of market data that we could around the size of the industry and then drilling down into specifics. So I think you you mentioned before that the overall industry is about a $60 billion industry. Frankly, you can knock off some big chunks of that that have nothing to do with the business that we were going after and you start drilling down. And, you know, we look at our market size, which is still a very big market. When you're Mm -hmm. looking at treats, toys, accessories, depending on whose data you trust and how you carve it up, you know, it's a 15 billion plus industry. So let's stop right there for one second. I love that you brought this up, by the way. And I feel like it just needs to be talked about in a significant way for people looking to get into the industry. And also just as us industry folks, we throw this $60 billion number around all the time where it kind of is a badge of honor. But your point is exactly right. You're not in a $60 billion industry. I'm not in a $60 billion industry, right? You are a part of that, but your industry 
industry, like you said, you can look and when you do your research and you start examining what the uh, what the market size is, you know that you're actually looking at a $15 billion opportunity. That's really important. And I do think that I love that you brought that up because I do find that people who I talk to, I'm not sure if you're having these conversations as well. People come to me and say, oh, I have a business idea. Listen, and they throw the $60 billion number out there and it is a little bit, it's a little bit blinding. It's not accurate. It's not true when you're talking about coming up with a business coming up with a looking at what the sizable address what the addressable market is and that's I think something that you've obviously done quite well so I didn't mean to interrupt but I do really no, I love good. love that you brought that up love that you like say that and you know it and that you're teaching that that is so vitally important that we're not blinded by the the big six zero number okay so you just so you figured that out you saw that so you said here's my chunk I've got a 15 billion dollar serviceable addressable serviceable market you know this is the stuff that I'm going to be engaged so where did you go from there? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you knock off the top, you know, unless you're <laughs> unless you're in the business of producing or selling dog food, veterinary services, or health right. or insurance for right. dogs, it becomes a much smaller market, but it's still a very big market. So well, I would yeah. start at a macro market for us at about fifteen billion, right. and then you can start subsegmenting that down a little bit into you know the various specialized services. So that was a big thing for us was pushing through the data to try to figure out what is our market size there, and depending on what services we come to market with really competing with and what is the pie we're going after. You know, when I look at our competition on a whole bunch of facets from, you know, at the most macro level, the big box retailers or the entire world of independent retailers down to more specialized subscription services that I would say are a little more directly akin to, to what we do, at least with part of our model. And obviously sure. with a boutique store, you know, we compete against anybody who's got a website who's selling dog products. So for us, it was important to understand that market and understand the market for the various service models that we were considering launching. And we've launched two of them thus far. So, so that was kind of big phase two for us. Okay. Now, when you say we, I want to, this is actually important, your team, your staff, I want to drill down a little bit on when you say we, because I think that that's also a really a, a good reality check that a man is not an island, or maybe a man is an island, but whatever it is, we don't do this stuff alone, do we? We just can't, we don't, we don't no. want to, like it's impossible. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to continue addressing and looking at some of the tools and some of the tactics and some of the exercises that you went through. But I really, want to talk about a uh, team and uh, and community within your business and and how that culture is helping to drive or maybe not drive maybe some of the cultural maybe there are some cultural issues that are in your way as well so we're going to take a break for a sponsor word or two and then we're going to come back and, and talk about some good team dirt this is jamie migdahl and you are listening to pets mean business and i'm so happy you're here you are with me and my wonderful smart innovator guest dustin mcadams of pupjoy.com We will be right back. Hi, Jill. I see you and Bella are enjoying this lovely day as well. It's a perfect day for a walk. Isn't that right, Bella? And what a colorful ID tag you have, Bella. It certainly puts my Rusty's boring engraved tag to shame. Isn't it great? It's a dog tag art tag. Dog tag art? Yeah. Dog tag art makes the world's coolest pet ID tags. Pick from hundreds of cute designs or upload your photos or artwork to create a unique tag of your own. They even give you four lines of text on the back of the tag for important contact information. I love it! But do they hold up? We have to replace Rusty's metal tags so often because the information wears away. 
dog tag art tags are some of the highest quality pet tags out there. They're made with super durable stainless steel. Your information is always legible and the tags are guaranteed for life. Well, I'm sold. Where can I get my dog tag art tag for Rusty? Dogtagart.com. Sounds great. We can't wait to get online and get a tag of our own. Dogtagart.com. We keep best friends together. Use the coupon code RADIO for a 25% discount off any tag. Active for Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with a vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active for Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, test results, and more. Active for Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non-emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active for Pets. Ready to try Active for Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of active4pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S dot com. Or call 888-512-2848. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, guys. We're back. You're listening to Pets Mean Business. My name is Jamie McDowell, and I'm your host. We're here today with Dustin McAdams of PupJoy.com. If you haven't yet gotten on the internet, you should right now and go look at PupJoy.com because it's awesome. And it's even more awesome when you hear this wonderful founder, CEO, talk about how this this came to be. I mean, really think about that. Like there are all of these products and obviously in the digital age that we're in now and, and with, you know, all of the opportunities for people to innovate and develop products and services because of the internet. Just think about all this stuff that goes on to make that a reality. I know with FetchFind, my digital company, listen, I know about the blood and the sweat and the tears. And, you know, it's something that just goes along with it. Before we went into our break, I was pushing you a little bit to think about and talk about your team and how vital a team is when you're building a digital model, really when you're building any model, I think, but digital, I think, is is even more so because there are so many unique skill sets that need to be in play. Um, Everything from marketing technology, understanding how to do drip campaigns. I mean, there's just, there's so much and the financing behind it and the budget and the fundraising, if that's a part of it. I mean, there's huge, giant pieces. So talk to me or talk to us about that in your world. How does that all play out for you? It's probably one of the most challenging things about where we are in terms of the stage of the business. Mm -hmm. As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you're stretched in so many ways. Some of them are fairly comfortable areas for me, and some of them are areas where I really had to stretch myself personally. So we've got, you know, in terms of, team, we're a young company, we're bootstrapped, so... Wait, I'm sorry, you have to define bootstrap, we we want to teach. So, I founded the company with a partner. The financing for our company is completely between the two founders at, at this point, so we've not gone to take external financing. So, that puts us in a scenario where, you know, we are, we prioritize 
very closely where we spend and what we spend um, because we're trying to grow this company at least to a certain level just between the two of us and our, our funding and founding of it and get it to um, a certain stage at least until we you know, make some expansion decisions. So in doing that, we made some decisions around team orientation, the people we bring in, to keep things as lean as possible. So it's, it's a challenge on a couple fronts. One, we've got a lot of virtual talent that helps us from creative design to technical implementation to uh, uh, an outsourced partner for fulfillment production type of stuff. And just the managing of that is, in and of itself is, it stretches you a lot. You can say Secondly, it. It's re- you, listen, you can say it. It's super, super stressful. It can be, yes. Uh, no, it is. It is. Managing a team in general is, yeah. management is a skill set that not a lot of people have. And it's certainly, even if they have it, it's not that they necessarily do it well. Managing a team that's physically in front of you every day that you're, you know, that you're able to see their face and have that kind of real, you know, have a deeper connection. When you're managing a virtual team, it's a whole new set of rules that no one really can train you for. It is. So I come out of a background of managing some pretty big teams in a combination of multiple office locations as well as some offshoring development. So doing that was not completely foreign, nor was it to my partner, Bill. However, there is a difference between managing employees and large consulting contract teams in a corporate environment versus what we're trying to do now. And, you know, we're trying to push people we're trying to push people to get as much value as we can, mm-hmm. um, but, but we're also very much trying to set the stage for a culture that will grow over time in the way that we want it to grow. Mm-hmm. So it's fun, but you're absolutely right. It is, um, it's challenging. It can be very time-consuming. And I would say for anybody you know, that's considering doing something like this as an entrepreneur, that's one of the reality checks coming into it is, are you capable of doing what it takes to effectively manage either employees or contracted teams. And is it something you want to spend a lot of time doing? Because you will spend a lot of time doing it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was um, in a meeting. We're going through a lot of stuff at FetchFind right now, and we're good stuff. I mean, incredible opportunities that we're facing. But what I'm finding is that the more opportunities that we have, and and I'm curious if you have the same issue, maybe not issue, same circumstances, that the more opportunities that we're faced with, the more time I have to take to not apply my skills and my energy towards those particular opportunities, but managing the team around those opportunities. And that's, you know, for good or bad, it is what it is. But I think that for entrepreneurs, especially so, especially entrepreneurs of startups, that's with limited resources, because that's kind of the, I think when you think startup, for me, at least, I always, there's an analogy there of having limited resources, a relationship between startup and limited resources. And so when you're, when you're using your limited resources on team and not product or focus on revenue, it feels, I think that is where frustration comes in, at least again, for me, that's probably my biggest challenge as an entrepreneur. And I'm hearing shades of that and what you're saying. Yeah, I would agree. I came into this with a background of managing managing technical implementation. So it wasn't a foreign concept completely. Although I would say, you know, if I look back from the time we started this to where we are, probably one of the things that we under forecasted the most was the amount of personal time from mm-hmm. myself and my partner that would be consumed mm-hmm. through technical design and implementation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just to do it right. And we are, you know, 
as we touched on earlier, I'm very happy with where we are. But to do it right, it takes a lot of time. And to be able to work with teams, to be able to work with teams to get the result that, you know, is your, is your lifeblood. So you're very passionate about it to get it right. It takes time. And I would say, you know, anybody coming into that, you know, in this day and age, I don't think you can really run a business without having to deal with some technical implementation. Agreed. That's, that's something I would say, you know, definitely do your homework on before you're getting into it. No, do you, I mean, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. And I think that's a lesson and a, I think that's a advice that not only goes for people looking to build a digital business, a primarily digital business, but whether, if, even if it's a bricks and mortar or a sole endeavor, you still need to have in this day and age, a digital presence. And that does require this technical, some technical understanding and the ability to work with a talent that, that can help bring that to fruition. So there's no getting away from it. That's what we're saying is that there's no... Yeah, there's just not. If you're not going to be, if you're going to be in business these days, any industry, I don't care what you're doing, there's a technical piece that has to be addressed and addressed well. Well, the first thing a lot of customers are going to do, regardless of who you are, is look you up on Google. So it means you have to have a you have to have a website, regardless of what type of business you're in. At least conveys the image you want to convey. You get into a lot of questions and design aspects around how much functionality that you want to implement on a web presence. But you know, I think for any business today, you've got to have an online presence. People are going to go find you there. So that's kind of price of poker to, to start a business. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, in our industry, especially, I was actually just got back from Los Angeles last week. I was at the pet daycare and boarding expo out, out there and uh, maybe about 500 or so boarding and daycare facility owner operators, uh, high level staff management, what have you, were coming. And I was a speaker and it was awesome. I spoke about hiring and I spoke about technology and the pet space. But what was a constant from what I heard from all these amazing entrepreneurs and operators of these bricks and mortar businesses is that's a secondary or tertiary issue for them or or consideration for them and I go to some of their websites and I feel I almost feel sad for them because like they've got these amazing business models they're so committed and they're struggling on some areas and it doesn't matter what you're doing people are going to google your business and they're going to make a decision a buying decision right there and then based on how you've presented yourself digitally and it doesn't matter that you love dogs and it doesn't matter that you've got 40 years of experience and it doesn't matter what your background is if you can't show that visually and you can't communicate that you're missing an opportunity for a good customer acquisition. But again, I know that's you and I just think that this is so important. Like I love that we're having this conversation because here you are, you know, people are going to look at your background. They're going to visit your personal website. They're going to look at PubJoy. They're going to hear all the things you're saying. Um, They're going to, you know, look at my background, maybe look at FetchFind or my other companies. And they're going to be like, yeah, but you guys, listen, it doesn't matter. You and I, Dustin, you and I struggle and you and I are focused on the same thing. And that's the same thing that any entrepreneur should be focused on, which is creating a message that allows you to get the most value out of and terms of really the bottom line is how do you do customer acquisition well and it starts with good messaging and that's the technical piece and I love that you're talking about that and I love that you're being vulnerable about that and I love that you're you know you're very real about it and I think that that's super important because I think it is you know having a pet space digital subscription service model it's super sexy it's super cool I mean your, your stuff's tight it's a lot of fun. It really. It You're is. welcome, and you know. It's a tremendous amount of fun, but right. it, I think you you hit a very very. Oh, important it better point. be. It better be. All right, so fun. You know, listen. At the end of the day, regardless of where you are in this industry, we are so lucky because we get to listen. We get to work with animals, uh, whether it's high touch or low touch or in a more charitable way. We get to have an impact on animals and their lives, and typically that's doing it through a human being or human beings. But it's really what 
what makes this industry so compelling. And I think, you know, that's why I got into this 20 years ago. That's why you're here right now. And I think that Pupjoy, from what I can tell, from talking to you, from being a customer of your product, from, from just, you know, just getting a sense of who you are, that fun is a big piece of it. But then there's just this other level. And I'd just like you to touch upon that for a second for as we're about to close out. If you can just touch upon that, it's not just fun that brought you here and talk a little bit about Pupjoy and what it really stands for. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Jamie. So <clears throat> I would say the first part is it is a lot of fun. And it's such a breath of fresh air coming out of the corporate environment to doing what we're doing because I get to work with people that we're making happy every day. We, we treat their dogs. We have tickled customers. And generally, the type of suppliers that we get to work with are awesome people to work with. There is an important layer of what we're trying to do as a business. And part of it is building a better business. We approach this with, if, if we're going to build a business, we're going to do it the way we want to do it um, and the way we think is right. And you know, we kind of started with a mantra of the old adage of doing unto others as you would have them do to you. And that drove a, you know, a concept in our business to treat better. That is not only in the products that we provide, but in the way we do business and the way we treat people. So whether it's the suppliers we work with, the customers and the way we service them, employees, anything, we are really trying to drive the type of business that we can be proud of at the end of the day. Part of that is we've got an umbrella care pack of charitable programs that support some causes that are important to us, from pet rescue to breast cancer. And the I think kind of the icing on the cake with what we're doing is we get to support a lot of all artists and type of manufacturers who are doing things the right way. They've got a business because they want to provide better treats or provide better, healthier accessories for pets. And one of the wonderful things is it gives them a platform to grow their business as well. We work directly with every manufacturer that we work with, and that's awesome. We build relationships with them, and you know we grow this thing together. You just said something, and it, it brought to mind kind of a cliche phrase, but it is you, you embody it. And I think that many of the entrepreneurs that I meet and many of the people, in fact, most of the people that I meet in the industry, is that it's about passion drives profit. And that's totally what you're doing. That's totally what I'm doing. And it's so it creates so much value in the marketplace when you can let the passion drive your product or your service and your team build. With that, uh, with that last statement of passion and profit and all of the things that make Pupjoy such an interesting and impressive and exciting company, and I'm so excited to watch you guys grow and to just see what happens for you guys because it's going to be all good things because you're all good things. For those of you who have not yet gone to Pupjoy.com, I terribly, deeply uh, encourage you to do that as soon as possible. If not to become a customer, which you totally should, even to try one one box, just do a one box thing and see if you like it. And then you can make some decisions about becoming a subscription member. And again, I'm not being paid for this, by the way. This is just me as a true consumer saying this. I'm not getting anything free, Dustin. Did I pay full price for my box? Paid full price. Listen, I can show, I'm happy to like, you know, show a receipt or whatever. I'm telling you, I just think that this is a great company. And I think that you and I think that you're a great leader and a great visionary. Popjoy.com, check it out across all social media. And if you have any questions about any of the things that Dustin shared, you can also visit his personal website at DustinMcAdams.com. He's, I'm sure, happy to field any questions because he's got a ton of time to do that. No, really. Thank you so much for joining us today at Pet Life Radio and for Pets Mean Business. This is Jamie Migdell. If you're looking to 
Get some more information about becoming an entrepreneur or getting into the pet industry in any way, shape, or form. I'm always here to answer any questions and be a source of support or a resource for you. You can reach me at jamie at petliferadio.com or jamie at fetchfinds.com, which reminds me, Fetchfinds is a great resource for those of you who are looking to do something in the pet industry. Go check it out if you haven't yet done so. And of course, there's petliferadio.com. Lots of great shows, lots of great hosts, lots of great information. You, If you're looking for resources to be a big part of this big industry, you have found your way there. Thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to our next episode. Have a wonderful day. Give your dog a kiss. This is Jamie Migdahl, Pets Mean Business. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.